Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. Well, Merry Christmas, Paul. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Look at this. We we almost coordinated. It's like we had the same thing in mind. This is what I wear all day long during December, the holiday season. It's the best month, man. I mean, my birthday's in December, but it's just, I just love it. Love the holiday. I like the Christmas music that's on the radio. It gets dark early, you know, and Christmas lights are out. So, yeah, it's nice. It gets dark real early, like 4.30 where I am. So those lights outside coming on at like 4 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your your favorite Christmas song? Oh, man. There's – I like like the old stuff. So, you know, I'll listen to – uh, all the old famous guys like yeah, Earl like, Ives, Holly Jolly Christmas, um, the Christmas classics. I like putting the, on the like Christmas a Dean classics. Martin Christmas or Frank Dean Sinatra Martin, or all those guys. Yeah. yeah, that's what I play in the in the car, and uh, it annoys the kids. But I think they're they're starting to they're starting to like it. Yeah, like it's better than like Taylor Swift Christmas or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, terrible. Yeah, I like uh, my favorite like real Christmas song is probably "Have Yourself a." A Merry Little Christmas. I just, I like that one. Um, And then my favorite fun Christmas song is probably Robert Earl Keane's Merry Christmas from the Family. It's like a redneck Christmas because it it actually reminds me when I was a kid, we would meet at my uh, Christmas Eve. My entire extended family would go to my grandpa's house. And my dad had seven siblings. So everybody and all the cousins, only two of them like lived out of, out of state. So everybody else was there. They lived in this tiny little house, you know, chain smoked. So we leave there smelling like a smokestack. Yeah. And we were all stuffed, probably 30 of us in this tiny little living room doing Christmas. And, um, yeah, it was, I guess I'm redneck extended family. Um, but yeah, that song always makes me think of those fond memories. So yeah, Mike. My Christmas Eve consisted of of chain smoking uh, grandparents as well, and I used to, I was like, you go home just just smelling like it, right? It was just like, oh, this yeah. is miserable. Yeah, it seems so so long ago though, you know. It's well, uh, and you didn't notice it as much because that's back when you know you had that's the way smoking sections in restaurants and non smoking yeah. section. Um, yeah. So you were used to it. Yeah, yeah but that's just the way things were. Now I was driving home last night, and the car in front of me flipped a you cigarette. You saw somebody. Yeah. Well, they flipped a cigarette out the window, and yeah. I could smell cigarette smoke. Yeah. In my truck. Yeah, it's pretty gross. We yeah. just we have a similar problem around here, except it's marijuana smoke. But yeah, yeah, kids are like, oh, what stinks? Yeah. Well, they yeah. know they know it. My kids know know that smell because it's yeah. everywhere around here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get back to Christmas. We got sidetracked yeah. on. On stuff that's not Christmas. <laughs> uh, yeah, you taking time off? Yeah, we're taking uh, taking. Two oh, you're weeks going to leave. Italy. We talked about this last week. Yeah. You're going to Italy. Yeah, yeah going nice. to Italy. Yeah, that's awesome. So good friends of ours over there, and looking just looking forward to it. I've always wanted to go. I've never been, so 
Uh, yeah, going back home. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, nice. Uh, our kids had like half of them, actually like four of them have two full weeks off of school. So wow, yeah, I know. Um, that's going to be two fairly unproductive weeks for me, I'm afraid. But <laughs> yeah, I'll make it work. Yeah, look up. Just look on the bright side. You'll never get those moments back. That's true. Some of those moments I probably won't want back, but like right. this SNL skit with uh, Matt Damon, right. him and his wife sitting on a couch at the end of the day, Christmas day. And they're like, Man, that was just such a great day. And he's like, yeah, I think I enjoyed it more than the kids. And then they flash back to like how miserable it was for them that morning <laughs> and all this. Yeah, it's a pretty funny skit. <coughs> no, it's good, man. It, it does make it fun when you got kids in the house. Um, they they bring that that joy alive, so. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Well, so in the spirit of Christmas and the holidays, um, you know, there's everybody knows a song, the 12 days of Christmas, but I don't think anybody's heard the song, the 12 days of banking. No, because we just wrote it. We just wrote it. So um, <laughs> here, why don't we let it, why don't we play it for you right now? Hopefully uh, we actually had somebody play that. Uh We'll get somebody to sing it. Maybe if we can't, we'll uh, we'll sing it ourselves. So, um, all right. So in the light of the 12 days of banking, let's go through this list. And we'll start with number 12. And we'll just go all the way down to one. And I think if you guys have been listening to our show for a while, and especially listening until the very end of the show, you probably know what number one is already. But we'll get there. Um, so let's start with number 12. So on the 12th day of banking, your concept gave to you generational wealth. Mm. Good one, huh? Maybe that one should be number one, but yeah, you know, it's so I think we've mentioned this. I remember at a time, Dave, where I didn't really, I didn't really, I kind of thought like Dave Ramsey, right? I was less like, well, why, why do I, why am I going to leave them something? Like they need to go, you know, go earn it for themselves. Right. And I was like, well, and then I've, as I've matured and gotten older and realized, I think it was a, I think it was a part, <clears throat> maybe I wasn't a parent yet, but partly it was a, uh, a product issue. I didn't know about the right product where I, I thought it was an either or choice, right? Where I could only have this or that. I didn't realize I could have both. I could have whole life insurance, a lot of it. I could have access to my cash, my cash value and still do the things that I wanted to do on the investment side or whatever. Um, so I think that helped change my, the way I thought about this whole, you know, legacy um, was just having the right product through which to, to use it. Cause I get to use it during my life, I guess the living benefits right. of whole living life. benefits. Yeah. 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 And the generational wealth is, is great. And what, what that does is, knowing that the kids are going to inherit a whole lot of tax-free income someday. Um, you know, first it'll go to my wife if I'm the first to kick the bucket or graduate and then it'll go to the kids, right? Cause she's got life insurance as well. Um, now I have to be intentional about educating them, right? Both financially and emotionally on how to, how to use money, how to use capital how to grow wealth and not just how to consume, but how to, how to protect and grow. So 
Now, yeah, I have a reason to instruct them on that because it's guaranteed to to happen for them at one point in their lives. Yeah, folks. And if you refer back to Nelson's book, you know, the first book, Becoming Your Own Banker, he talks about um, an even distribution of age classes where he's talking about generations of family, but he also, he kind of relates it to, you know, he was a forester and he relates it to the perfect planted field of, they're probably naughty pine trees is what they're talking about because that's what gets logged um, down there in the in the south. Uh, but yeah, it's, and I, I guess we should mention that I had this conversation the other day, Dave, with somebody on, on this topic. And not only is it the, yes, the massive windfall that's guaranteed to be there, but also the knowledge over, you know, this, our kids likely won't realize that if all things go well until they're probably in their 60s. Right. Right. Maybe even their 70s in some cases. So by that point, there could be four generations. There could be, you know, they're going to have kids. Those kids likely have kids, and you're likely a great grandparent by that point. Yeah, right. Um, someone's going to have loans to repay in that family banking system, and that windfall from generation one will help help fill those back up. Right. So right. Prepare for the you, windfall. That's right. Prepare for the windfall. So yeah, nice. Um, Good point. Love it. Anyway, yeah. yeah. All right. Next on the eleventh day of banking, your concept gave my concept gave to me guaranteed to be there. So expand on guarantee. What's guaranteed to be there? Well, I think we just talked about it, right? The the death benefits guaranteed to be there, um, and until the very end, when you graduate, up to that point, you've had access to the present value of the death benefit, also known as the cash value, which you can access via the policy loan. That is the preferred method. Uh, I recently had a little discussion with somebody about withdrawals and other kind of non-forfeiture options that mm-hmm. that we have with whole life insurance. I just think loans is the best way. That's what Nelson thought as well. Um, I'm, there might be a scenario where our, where other options are more appropriate, but I but I don't think so generally. Yeah. Like I don't want to surrender PUAs. I don't want to uh, do withdrawals up to the basis and then do loans. I think that's I think that's silly. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, yep. guaranteed to be there. Good and and like you always say. Term insurance pays out if you die, and whole life insurance pays out when you die. So yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, I got to write that one down. You got to, you need to uh, trademark that. I want that's a nickel a for every time someone says it. That's almost as good as buy a term and invest the difference. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. So on the tenth day of Christmas, my concept, or on, I'm sorry, on the tenth day of banking, my concept gave to me <laughs> easy to manage. So how, this gets. Mm. You know, That's people, especially people who think um, maybe are the classic overthinkers or the people who. The engineers. Yeah. Like, oh, that sounds really complicated to, to manage, you know, especially if you have multiple policies. How do you know what money is where and, and, and which money is earmarked for what? And when it's super easy to manage. Yes. Because how many pools of capital are there? There's only one. Right. So what's it matter? how many different policies that capital is in. It doesn't. Like, it's right. super easy to manage. If you can do online banking, you can do this. That's right. I think it's just, you know, a general ignorance of what we're actually getting into. Like, what is this? You know, it amazes me, you know, the general public, 
has very little idea. You know, they know about life insurance, but they have very little understanding. I've had to discuss in depth, you know, just the difference between the death benefit and the cash value. And of course, you know, there's a lot of noise out there where it's like, well, you die and they keep your cash value. And it's just, you know, you can watch that one dude that we that we just love and he says that all the time. Yeah. Um, so I think that contributes to people's confusion of, oh, this is so difficult. Like it's so it's so complex and it's it's not. If Especially compared to what? Like compared, compared to what? To say a, a 401k and the withdrawal rules and the RMDs or how about a 529? Oh like talk goodness. about complexity. Good luck with that. You're going to have to hire a professional and pay them money for you to be able to manage your 529 when you start taking money. <coughs> yeah, I have a client doing uh, that wants to do IRS rule 72 tango. Yeah. 72T. Um yeah. on her on her uh, TSP, I think. And uh you know, the TSP apparatus, you know, the gophers that work there were not were not helpful. Of course not. Right. Yeah. Not helpful. So basically, it's up to you to you know figure out what the tax is with your CPA, I guess, and how that all works. And very yeah. interesting. Anyway, don't get it wrong because you'll get penalized. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Moving along, faster, funnier. On the ninth day of banking, my concept gave to me tax-free retirement. Mm. How how does tax-free retirement play into this? How's that built? I mean, how's that how's that even work? Yeah. Well, do you want a large tax-free retirement or a small one? Biggest I can get. That's right. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm a little under the weather, folks. Uh, anyway, so this is this is quite simple. Um, your policy grows tax-deferred, technically. The way we access the value of the policy, you know, the cash value is th- through the loan feature. Loans are not taxed. So... When we capitalize these policies for a period of 20, 25, 30, and beyond that many years, um, the dividends become quite large. The cash value growth becomes quite large every year you make the premium payment. And what we're able to do is we can demonstrate to you very simply how you can take passive income off of the policy. Uh, You could take it through policy loans indefinitely, um, depending on on a certain amount. Of premium you've paid. So it's all going to be relative. Um, You could use the dividend. You could take the dividend in cash. You could use the dividend to pay the premium. You could do any number of things that would equate to taking an income that's not taxed off of the policy. So I think the simplest way, though, to think about it, Dave, is, hey, I I want to take, um, you know, $5,000 $5,000 a month of passive income off the policy and never pay back loans starting at age 65. Okay. And Based on the premium you've paid, we can go in there. We can see if that's going if that scenario is likely going to work. Um, but again, everyone's situation is going to be different relative to the premium you paid and how long you paid it. Right. Yeah. So the more the better is the bottom line there. That's right. So, the more premium you pay, the more tax-free income you ultimately will have. The more control of the banking function you will have. Yep. If you know what the problem so, is, you'll know that premium is the solution. Yeah. You can't pay enough premium. I keep saying that around like people that aren't paying any premium and they're just like they just <laughs> yeah hey sorry when you know you know caught not taught that's right oh all right um all right on the eighth day of banking my concept gave to me zero volatility so zero volatility 
is it's not market correlated, right? Most people have everything in the market. And we talk about this all the time, you know, the, the qualified plans, all the things that your employer likely offers you, it's all market, market correlated. It's in the market. Um, you can be as diversified as you want if you're in the market, but the fact is you're in one single asset class, period. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, you know, people often wonder how that is because they're, they're, they're programmed to think that everything is tied to the stock market. Everything. Right. And so that discussion happens. Well, how can the life insurance companies guarantee this? And I was like, well, if you, you can do a little bit of research and just find out what, you know, life insurance companies are highly regulated and they can only deploy their capital in certain things. They can only have so much in equities. They can only have so much in, you know, corporate real estate, let's say, or, you know, but the majority of it is, is high grade bonds. Yeah. You know, the investment grade bonds of investment grade types. That's right. Yep. So, and how nice is that to have something that's not volatile at all? Because in retirement, going back to that tax-free retirement, now you've got a non-correlated asset that you can pull an income from while the market's down. So you don't have to pull money out of the market while it's down, which is a terrible thing to do. And which is what most people are forced to do during their retirement or passive income years. Yeah. One of the biggest topics there's um there's financial radio on on 105.9 here the local uh, Northern Virginia radio station uh, it's called Washington's Mall uh, WMAL anyway one of the t they they can't go five minutes and it's actually a pretty good show to be honest with you uh, but it's the traditional or conventional stuff yeah but they can't go five minutes without talking about your distribution plan yeah well I mean that's it's good to think about that though. Yeah. Like, because most people don't think about that until they get to the distribution phase, unfortunately. And then it's kind of like, you know, you've accumulated. Now it's time to distribute, or as I like to say, redistribute. Because yeah, that money is now leaving your control and going somewhere else. Think about this, folks. You know, oftentimes they're talking about the, the used to be the 4% rule. Now it's the whatever percent rule. It's kind of a moving target, but you know, these folks that have accumulated a million dollars and they think, okay, I can take out 3% a year and till whatever age, usually they run out of money. Um, well, that's only 30 grand. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta accumulate quite a bit to live yeah. off that rule. 2 million would be 60 grand, you know, so it's, you need yeah. a lot of money anyway. Yep. All right. How about, on the seventh day of banking, my concept gave to me uninterrupted com uninterrupted compounding. That's a really <clears throat> tough one to fit into the whole twelve days of Christmas song um, with all those syllables. A little but too many, too many syllables. It's a lot of <laughs> syllables. Um, but uninterrupted compounding. How does that work? And and I mean, why is that? Where else can you get un un uninterrupted? <laughs> I can't even say it. Where else can you get that? <laughs> uh well not i mean you can get it other places but not not in this way i would say uh so you know you could put money in a savings account and never take it out and it would mm -hmm. you know have enjoy uninterrupted compounding but the minute you take money out of that account right now you have interrupted compounding because you're using 
you know, you're using that money or a portion of that money. Right. So it's, it's, it's sinking. not growing for you anymore. It's not growing. Yeah. Right. So in, in whole life insurance, folks, what we enjoy is uh, uninterrupted compound growth. Con- you know, it's contractual. And people want to like tie a percentage to it. And what's the what's the guaranteed rate? And that that's that's not that's not how it works. Um, you can calculate that if you want, but there's no like given. Hey, your policy is guaranteed to grow at X percent per year. It's just obviously you're upside down in the first several years anyway. So it's 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 bogus to even think like that. But anyway, yeah. So you can enjoy access to your cash via the loan feature, and while you're using the life insurance company's money via that loan, your money is still you know inside the contract, chugging along like nothing happened. You'll still get the full dividend um, with certain types of companies, uh, which we prefer, I guess, non-direct recognition companies. Um, so that's that's really how it works. It's uh, You have contractual growth and you have dividend growth on top of that, non-guaranteed, but pretty reliable. Pretty reliable. Probably, you know, 120, 150 straight years. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Um, on the sixth day of banking... My concept gave to me easy legacy planning. Yeah. So what could be easier with legacy planning than saying, oh, well, when I kick the can, uh, hey, kids, you're going to get $12 million income tax-free. Done. Now the, the planning really comes down to, well, and, and guess what? There's no fighting about it because it's all written here. Here's the beneficiaries. It's all That's evenly right. split up, and the company sends it directly to you. They're not going to send it to one, you know, to your brother and make him split it between all of you. There's no, there's, there's no dispute about it. It just right. it goes to you, and there, legacy <clears throat> intact. Yeah, and this isn't to say, folks, this is a different discussion that well, you can't just leave kids. That I mean, you got to think these children are going to be you know, likely in their 60s and 70s when this transfer of wealth occurs. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, guess unless, what? We can change the beneficiary all the way up until the day we graduate. That's right. So if my kid is 50 years old and he's a he's a lunatic and he can't hold a job and he's living in somebody else's basement. Not uh, worthy of an inheritance. Absolutely not. There's no way he's getting that money. That's right. So maybe it'll go to a trust and, and they'll pay him, you know, $2,000 a month as some here, you know, here's enough to survive on money. Yeah. I'm thinking about setting one up where they're forced to just use like 80% of the money to pay new premium with. <laughs> That's a lot of premium. They better. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Use some PDF max riders and just, you know, dump a crap little money in there. And yeah. Anyway. But yeah. yes, there's there's control that you can do, folks. But you you understand what we're saying is that it's it really we 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 don't have to deal with probate because the life insurance company is literally obligated to say, okay, this was supposed to go to you know Anthony, and that's this amount based yep. on when the death cert, you know when the insured died. Okay, there it is, simple. Yep, no no dispute. And if Anthony hasn't figured it out when he's sixty. <coughs> He ain't gonna figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, but maybe maybe he's got a a kid or two. Maybe you can just leave it to the grandkids instead of of old dad. <clears throat> yeah. Know? So that's a good point, Dave. You know, I was thinking about this earlier uh, of how most people are kind of short sighted. Um, 
you know, we want to care about our, our family and there's some, there's some biblical ties to this as well that you can reference. Um, you know, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Right. Right. Like that, that was Matthew, I believe. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with those kids either. Like you might have a grandchild that's unhealthy uh, or has a special, special need needs right. or whatever. It's going to need care for the rest of their life. Yeah. Um, well, you know, maybe that's going to happen. I mean, I don't know the future. It's almost like the future is unknown. Right. But gosh, wouldn't it be nice if, you know what? Wow. We were, we had some foresight and hey, if it doesn't, if it doesn't come to pass, great. But if it does, hey, at least we're, we're more prepared for it than we otherwise would have been. Yep. So, good point. Mm -hmm. All right. On the fifth day of banking, my concept gave to me the golden rule. What's the golden rule? He who has the gold makes the rules. Absolutely. So that is the golden rule of, of wealth. And you've got to look no further than uh, Washington, D.C. To, to understand that pretty well. Those jack wagons in Congress aren't making the rules. The people with the money who control them are the ones making the rules. It's the way it's always been throughout history. People with yeah. the money make the rules. Yep. The Babylon Bee, I follow them. You know, it's really great oh, satire. Yeah. They, uh, what did they post the other day? It was Lockheed Martin offering two wars for the price of, for the price of one or something like <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Who's yeah. got an agenda here and who's got, right. who's, yeah. So, and when, <clears throat> when you are controlling your own capital, you're the banker in your own life. Banker gets to do whatever he wants. The banker gets to make the rules. So when you and I do you know, private lending transactions, we get to write the rules for that. If somebody wants to borrow my capital, I'm going to make the rules. Yeah, no question. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 negotiate from a position of strength. Right. Just like just like the bank does cuz the bank has all the money. Yeah, which it helps you negotiate from a position of strength everywhere in life, not just if you're doing everywhere. a private lending, but how about if you're working a job, a JOB, you know, and you've got a new boss and 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 you can't stand them. Like my one of my commanders in the Air Force told me, he said always have a go to hell fund. Yeah, so I like can, that. You can tell somebody go to hell. I'm out of here. And uh and I've got the money to survive until I find a better option. You know, I see that a lot working in government and I work, you know, in a mixed military. It's probably 60-40, you know, civilian to military ratio and a lot of the civilian employees are if not all of them are former military or retired military. And uh <clears throat> A lot of the officers I serve with are, are approaching retirement as well, but it's not all of them are in the best financial position, despite being, you know, a commissioned officer with, you know, 24 years, right. where you should have accumulated a, a significant amount of wealth, but many of them haven't. So what are they forced to do? They're forced to hang on, maybe do a job they don't enjoy, unfortunately, yeah, and then, you know, get into the, the job racket at age 48 and interview and resumes and yeah it just golly and, and what happens when you sign on for another couple of years or you you say well i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and take that next rank i'm gonna go ahead and pin on colonel what's the first thing first thing the air force does to you is hey we're gonna send you to the desert for 365 <laughs> days i was gonna say, say, say they could start family. 
they could start another war in that amount of time. Uh, I, I took a survey yesterday, uh, like a career thing. It was just like one of those things I normally delete, but I took the 10 minutes to do it. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, answered honestly, but it was just one of those things. Yeah. Like what would, you know, what could we do to, you know, keep you in? And, uh, <laughs> I was like, nothing, nothing. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I, I'm old. I'm, I've, I've done my time. I'm, it's time, time to go. There's yeah. nothing, no amount of money could keep nope. me, keep me around. Right. Anyway. So, it, yeah. So yeah, the golden rule. Yep. All right. On the fourth day of banking. My concept gave to me no hidden fees. So I had a uh, been having That's a dialogue back and forth with somebody recently, <clears throat> and and he mentioned you know the 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 fees, and he's unsure of what the fees are going to be. Um, and I made it clear: look, there's there's nothing hidden. There are no fees. The only thing you'll ever pay to the insurance company is premium, premium, and interest on loans. That's it. That's it. Period. Uh, the fees, if you want to call them that, everything's wrapped into the premium, right? Yeah, it's it's no different than your homeowner's insurance or your auto insurance. Yeah, good point. They Do they charge you fees? No, not explicitly. They charge you a premium, and that premium covers operations. It covers yep. you know, sales administration, force, administration. It covers, maybe you profit. got a multi-policy discount, but no, make no mistake, they're making a profit. Sure. And, and and of course, they have to so that they can pay claims, right? They have to be profitable to meet their future obligations. Um, and if you own a company, do you want it to be profitable? Yes. <laughs> I would hope so. And you're an owner of these companies as a policyholder of a mutual life insurance company. You, you are a part owner, which is why you get the profit returned to you at the end of the year in the form yep. of a dividend. Yeah. But again, people are so programmed to think, oh, there's going to be fees. There's going to be loan fees. There's going to be closing fees. And I show them, this is how easy yeah. it is. The transaction is simple. I request loan. The money shows up a few days later. Direct deposit. It's super simple. Yeah. Um, everything is baked into the to the to the premium. The and cost it's fixed. Of the death benefit. And it's and it is. It's fixed. The premium's not Unless going up. Now we're only talking about whole life or you know a straight level term. Of course, we're only talking right? whole life insurance, really, because right. yeah, if you're talking you know <clears throat> some of that other twisted you know, variable or index universal life and all that kind of stuff, premiums will go up if you want to maintain the same death benefit. Mm -hmm. uh, in in the case of whole life, premiums go down and your death benefit continues to increase. Imagine that it's a, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. All right. Um, on the third day of banking, my concept gave to me loans at my disposal. Yeah. Now we've kind of beat this dead horse, but yeah, you have contractual access to the growing cash value. Um, there's a there's a pot of money that the life insurance company has. They receive premiums. They deploy premium to, you know, buy bonds or invest in corporate real estate or do whatever they're going to do with the premium. But some of that premium gets lent back to us as policy owners so that we can do what we need to do. And it's as simple as that. Yep. Nothing, nothing much more to say on that. And it's, it's the best loan that you'll ever have. There's no yep. repayment schedule. You control the repayment schedule. You should repay your loans. Of course, we highly encourage that. Yeah, which is why this concept is only for people who are are disciplined and who want to play honest banker. And if you're gonna, you know, 
you got policies on the kids and you want to make them the owner of those policies someday, make sure they're ready for it. They're disciplined. They're going to repay that loan. Treat it like a, 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 a real bank, not a piggy bank. You know, that, that's not, right. Don't just smash it. Take the money out and run. You got to go out the front door. Yep. If you don't know what I mean by the front door, you got to read Nelson's book. If you already read it and don't know what I'm talking about, read it again. Read it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two more. So on the second day of banking, my concept gave to me tax advantages. So tax advantages, we already covered tax-free retirement. So like Paul already said, life insurance, the cash value, the growth on that, because eventually you will have more cash value than you ever paid in premium. And that growth, that delta, that difference is accessible, completely tax-free. So there's, there's a huge tax advantage there. And the fact that as long as you keep, you work with somebody who sets it up appropriately and correctly, you're going to keep it from becoming a modified endowment contract. We're not going to get into that. We have a whole episode on that if you want to get into the MEC rule and uh, the infamous MEC. But you build it to stay away from that uh, and stay under that line so you never lose these tax advantages. <clears throat> there's, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's not much more to say. It's uh, every every dollar you pay in premium in there is going to be a dollar that will never be taxed ever again. I love that. As far as as far as the from the you know when dealing with the policy via the loan feature or the growth of it or whatever. Yep. Um, it's essentially blind to the IRS once it's in there because they don't care. You've already paid taxes on that money. That's you right. Put it in there, and then unless you surrender it um, or you create a mech. Um, which properly designed policy will will prevent that. Um, then they they never have to be contacted. Your CPA doesn't need to know about any of it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So if you think if you're new to this concept and you, you're thinking, well, this you know the Roth IRA is the is one of the better things that the government created. Well, this wasn't created by the government, and I'm not restricted to sixty five hundred dollars a year or zero when you get phased or, out. Or right when you make too much money, yeah, in a long time. Ooh, back door. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. we know about all that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, no, but but right, like I'm not restricted except my own productivity on how much premium I can ultimately pay. And we were just talking earlier yep. before we hit record. I just got approved for my convertible term policy. Congratulations to me. Congratulations. Well done. Yep. So that's that's nice. Yep. Uh, I don't have to worry about that at, at a good rate as well. Not as good as I wanted, but. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. All right. So number one, on the first day of Christmas. Okay. On the first day of banking. Keep saying, I'm in the Christmas spirit, man. Christmas oh. is so great. It's, it Gosh, is great. I wish I still believed in Santa Claus. I know. We've got two. The two little girls still, they still believe do. in Santa Claus. Oh, and, that's great. You know, Hannah's the type of <clears throat> presents don't come out until Christmas morning. Under the tree. I like to see him under the tree, but you know, I think it looks nice uh, and it builds anticipation. But no, um, the rules in the house, there's zero presence under the tree until Christmas morning. So, you know, but I do like to get credit for the, the gifts. So, you know, <laughs> I, yeah. I put my own name on some of them. There you go. Um, so anyway, on the first day of banking, my concept gave to me control over my capital. Yeah. I think we talk about control a lot on this podcast, and I think the word that word control um, 
you know, it touches so many different aspects of of what I be of what becoming your own banker is. Um, not only the mindset, but the you know, kind of the almost like libertarian, rugged individual um, type of person that that this concept appeals to. Um, yeah, I, I gosh, I, I mean, every, all everything we do is about control. It all comes back to who's controlling your capital. Somebody in your life is controlling your capital. Is it you? If not, why not? Controlling some of it, just not enough of it yet. Yeah. So the goal is to control all of it. Uh, yep. Page page forty eight. You know, accommodating the system. Uh, That's right. Expanding the system expanding to accommodate system. all income. Yep. Expanding the system. That's right. Yeah, and I'm learning that. You know, I'm still going through this construction loan process, and it's again, it's either either this is going to be easy or or it ain't. I don't know. It's just you know. This is bizarre. I would rather not, I would rather have enough capital via my whole life policies where I can just tell the life insurance company to cut me a check and as needed so I can, you know, prepare the lot, pour the, pour the slab, crawl mm-hmm. space, whatever, the foundation, do the framing, drywall, electrical, plumbing, and that yeah. would be so much better. At a much more <laughs> beneficial uh, interest rate then you can get it any other bank right now. No question. By yeah, far. I think I'm going to be close to seven, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a five, that's a five, one arm, which I've never done an arm, but I'm going to do it Yeah. anyway. Well, right on. So there you go. The, the 12 days of banking. I hope everybody enjoyed that. Um, hope you enjoy your, your Christmas season. Happy Hanukkah. Hangovers. Hangover. <laughs> That's another good song. The 12 Pains of Christmas, I that think. That song is great. That's great. I'm going to listen to that right after this. Maybe we'll make that the <laughs> outro. Yeah. So, all right, everybody. Hey, have a great week. Have a great time with your family. Uh, finish up the year. Take some time off and enjoy it and be thankful for everything that, uh, that you accomplished throughout the year. And if you just got started on your infinite banking journey <clears throat> this year, congratulations. That's awesome. You can't, you, you should be. Uh, very excited for year two, paying year two premium and beyond because every single year gets better. Yeah, no question. Facts. Right. Facts. Merry Christmas, Paul, to you. And, yeah, Merry uh, Christmas to you and yours, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Hey, and until next time, everybody, control your capital or somebody else will. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at the ibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.